Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Kuhn Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Off and rolling. Happy Tuesday to you, May 23rd, 2023. I have to say, off the top, happy birthday to a goat, a young goat, Alex Kuhn. Brother. Brother's birthday today. So, happy birthday. He's enjoying it in Chicago with his lovely girlfriend, so that should be a good time. At another Odyssey station, by the way, 670 to score. So, he's enjoying it on the air just like uh, just like we are. Uh, but welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I am Gabe Coon, former Memphis, Memphis Tiger offensive lineman on Twitter at G underscore Coon 71. Alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show, Connor Dunning, on Twitter at CDunning929. Connor, what's happening? What's up, sir? Um, big day for us. We're, we're big streamers. We're big streamers, right? Yeah. <laughs> HBO Max turning into Max today. It's Max Day. Yeah, we have Discovery Plus and HBO Max coming together to form the great alliance that will be. Max, just no inventiveness with the with the name at all. It's honestly like the Roy's it, came it, up with it. it, it, it <laughs> that's a good point, but it's uh, it's kind of hilarious. I mean, the fact that you put me, you told me this, and I am just I, I didn't realize this was the case. You have to re-download it. Yes, you have to re-download it and log back in. Early. Why re- can't we just like update? Because and go about easy. it that direction. Because that's too easy. Early I mean, reports I, for have been God's that you have to re-download. House Hunters International and Chopped, and I have to re-download a whole app. HBO Max is clearly the better streamer, the better app altogether. Why do I have to go in and download just because House Hunters International got added? That is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll live. I'll make it through. And then we'll watch the season finale coming up on Sunday of Succession. And, and Barry as well. Barry as well. I have not gotten into Barry. God, Barry is... The the one two punch of Succession and Barry on Sundays is 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 pretty uh, Max. It, it's Max, bro. <laughs> Max. It's Max. But now we're gonna get the Idol on Sundays. Ugh, gross. Max. I, I just. Good lord. Good lord. We have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of ninety two nine FM ESPN and yours truly. Uh, we'll we'll talk about the the, the brooms getting out. <laughs> the brooms got out last night. The Nuggets are going to their first NBA Finals in franchise history, and uh, LeBron steals the show. He stole the show. Last night, um, he is apparently contemplating his basketball future, but I am not going to let that distract me from the fact 
that the Nuggets are NBA Finals bound. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Eastern Conference Finals. Potential uh, brooms getting out tonight. The Heat have they have a chance. One-point favorites against the Celtics. And by the way, have you seen Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown speak to the media today? They said, I have. Don't, don't let us get one. Okay. All right, guys. I mean, don't talk tough now. Please don't talk tough now. I saw you play in game three. You're a corpse. You're a corpse right now of the Boston Celtics. We will uh, we'll discuss that as far as guests are concerned. Jeff Calkins from the Jeff Calkins Show and the Daily Memphian. We'll talk about LeBron, and then we'll get into other things. We'll talk about other things as well. And then 6 o'clock, Christian Fowler will join uh, my podcast host on the On the Bluff podcast on the Bluff City Media Network. Um, we'll talk about LeBron as, as well there, and then we'll get to some Tiger recruiting news. And we have some Tiger recruiting news and, and Tiger basketball news to get to on the show as well. Curtis Givens. Um, his his 2024 point guard recruit, four-star recruit, has gotten down to his final seven. And I think even more so than that, we've heard about the NIL rumblings of maybe the NIL situation being a little tougher to navigate at the University of Memphis than it once was. Memphis rebounders are going to some great lengths to try to get that situation all figured out, and we will we will discuss there. And then the Blitz will be at 6.30 as it normally is Um Dylan Brooks is a target for a Southwest Division team. Southwest Division, Grizzlies are part of that one So uh, in the Western Conference. So if he does end up with this uh, Southwest Division team, Grizzlies will see Dylan Brooks four times. We have some NFL rules changes, one-year trial of a, of a kickoff return rule. I don't feel that fondly about. And also Lamar Jackson, finally back at OTAs, five-month hiatus, finally gets his big deal, and he's, he's back out there. And for good reason, because they're, they're trying to actually surround him. I still can't get over the fact, from when he got his deal to the, the NFL draft was about a week, week's time. They drafted Zay Flowers. Like, the investment they showed, finally, in Lamar Jackson after two years of ridiculous contract extension discussions, like, the, the amount of uh, sort of commitment they finally showed in just a one-week period, it, 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 was, it was pretty phenomenal. But Lamar Jackson is back on the field in Baltimore for the second round of OTAs. Now, uh, the, the brooms got out last night. Lakers, done. Done! Nuggets, 4-0. And I have to say, the Nuggets don't give a damn. Man, they are savages. They'll close you out home, road, Eastern Europe. It don't matter. Nuggets in four. I mean, they don't care. The last two rounds, they have closed out their opponent on the road. I mean, they, they, will, they will do it in front of anybody. Um, and I, I have to revisit this discussion, Connor, because we, we have been talking about this throughout the in entirety of this series. But I remember after game one, the Lakers should feel good discussions. Good Lord. How ridiculous do people look at this point? Lakers should feel good after game one because they cut it to three points. And the Nuggets were shooting so well, and it was on the Nuggets' home floor. Well, four games later, series is already over. It's insane. It's insane. Now, I will say LeBron James did all he could last night. One of the best first halves in playoff history. 31 points. He ended with 40, 10, and 9. Only one turnover. Uh, Aaron Gordon did not do a good job of guarding him throughout the game. But in those final possessions, Aaron Gordon was great. Jamal Murray coming on the help. On that final play of the game where LeBron couldn't even get up a shot, that was phenomenal. Um, I, I think ultimately for the Lakers, though, AD was too inconsistent. The Lakers finally ran into a team that could take advantage of that. 
The Grizzlies could not do that. The Warriors could not do that. The inconsistency of AD has been apparent, but the Nuggets with Jokic on the other side, they had the ability to take advantage. And you look at Nikola Jokic, finally, we, 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 we have to give him a whole lot of credit for finally getting to the promised land, getting to the NBA Finals, and the Nuggets getting to the NBA Finals for the first time in their franchise's history. He passed Wilt last night for the most playoff triple-doubles in one postseason. I mean, it's unbelievable. And he wins the Western Conference MVP, uh, Finals MVP, and when he was asked by Lisa Salters, who apparently is now familiar with his game. She, I she, believe uh, so. Yeah, she's, yes. uh, she's finally familiar I would hope with so. his game. Uh, after last week saying she, she had never got to see him and she's impressed with him, uh, even though he won two MVPs before she said that. Why do people say stuff like that? I don't know. <laughs> Just I don't, keep I don't, that a secret. She, but, uh, long story short, Lisa Salters has familiarized herself with his game. Um, he wins the Western Conference Finals MVP and was asked about what does this mean to him, winning the Western Conference Finals MVP. He said nothing. I got a kick out of that. He, he really does seem like a guy who just wants to go win a championship, and, and finally it feels like he can go do that. Um, but late last night in that game, he's a closer. He's a closer. A step-back three at the end of that game, just heaved it up over his head, nailed it. Just nailed it. You got to tip your cap. And then he had the finish to go up 113-111, and ultimately they won by that score. So Jokic, he's, he's phenomenal. Now the Nuggets are off until June 1st, and if we have another closeout tonight with the Heat getting over top of the Celtics, off till June 1st. I, I'm sorry. NBA needs to work on flex scheduling because I don't know if I, a, an eight-day layoff is not good for anybody involved, right? Adam Silver needs to look at this and say, if we have eight days off, we are out of the collective breath, the collective mind of all sports viewers across the country for eight days, across the world for eight days. The NBA is an international sport, international league. I don't get the thought process behind having that type of layoff. I, I just don't. And I, and I think that they need to address that, seeing what, is, what has transpired here. Now, granted, you didn't think you'd have two sweeps, and it may end up that way. And you don't really plan on the Lakers and the Celtics laying eggs in the conference finals, but you have to work around that. And I think that there needs to be discussions in the offseason about potentially bridging that gap. Why do you think LeBron dropped retirement possibility? <laughs> Adam Silver was like, hey, man, help we me need, out, bro. Yeah, we need eight days We need content, some help. Brother. Yeah, we need some content. Um, first of all, Bron and the postgame presser. Uh, I, I want to start on just uh, sort of funny for me having – had to deal with post-game pressers and people asking stupid questions. There was a guy last night, I was watching it live on ESPN, there's a guy who asked LeBron, is there a sense of frustration with how this series went? He, he asked that question. Sometimes I get the idea that reporters just want their family and friends, some reporters, not all reporters, some of them ask really good questions, right? But sometimes I get the idea that they just want their family and friends to hear them on ESPN that night. Because what kind of question is that? Of course I have a sense of – she got swept out of the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. He's well, like, would you, I, you expect me not to be frustrated? I dropped 40 and I lost. 40-10-9, <laughs> turnover, and we lost in four games. Of course he's frustrated. Um, but the real story here, LeBron was talking about his future in basketball. He said, I got a lot, of, I, I got a lot to think about. Just personally, with me moving forward with the game of basketball. And then he repeated it. I got a lot to think about. And then, not but five minutes later, Chris Haynes, reporter for TNT, comes out and he says, LeBron James 
is unsure. This is a tweet. LeBron James is unsure if he'll be with the team when the 2023-24 season starts in fall and retirement is under consideration. ESPN then tried to get his thought process. This was Dave McMiniman. They say ESPN, but it was Dave McMiniman who dropped the uh, dropped the the sort of response there, the the dialogue that was that was had. The question from ESPN was, when you say you got to think about stuff, what thread should we be pulling on that? Um, what that's an interesting question. What thread should we be pulling? So, hats off, hats off for for that line of questioning. And LeBron says, if I want to continue to play, ESPN responds, as in next year. LeBron says, yeah. ESPN says, you would walk away, question mark. And he answers, I got to think about it. Um, do I believe he'll retire? No. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I just, I can't really understand that um, thought process considering he just gave 40, 10, and 9. There's only one turnover involved in that game. He was asked after the game about where he thinks he stands up sort of next to the rest of the NBA. He says, I think I'm better than 90% of the league. And then he said, check that, 95% of the league. But I think most of my – most of me saying no to believing he will retire is it's mostly because he's largely impervious – he has been largely impervious to age – and he feels invincible, immortal at times. And for him to contemplate retirement, there's a mortality to that. There's a career mortality to that that I am not used to even thinking about when it comes to LeBron James. He's never injured. He plays constantly. And he gives you 28 to 30 points a game, even at age 38. It's hard for me to believe that. Um I will say, ultimately, a 38-year-old NBA basketball player, a nor- if, he was na- if, he, if he was not named LeBron James. Hell, we saw Carmelo Anthony retire yesterday. These are normal conversations, though, for, for anybody else who's 38 years old in the, in the NBA. But I, I think, ultimately, like looking at sort of the PR part of this, it feels like PR control. And LeBron is a PR god. And instead of talking about the Nuggets transitioning – and making it into the NBA Finals for the first time in franchise history, we're talking about LeBron James and a potential to retire. And I, I think that's, that's where I stand on this. I don't think it'll ultimately happen. I think if you look at the context clues that have been provided to you throughout the years, he wants to play with Bronny. Um, the, 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 the NBA All-Star game could potentially be in 2025 in L.A. Um, that, that's still on the table. LeBron certainly feels like a guy that would be due for a, a farewell tour, similar to what Kobe had. Um, it just doesn't feel like this is the time. Um, but, but certainly, I, I think there's a, a, a slight bit of truth to him thinking about it. He's 38 years old, but, but ultimately, I, I don't think this is a, a fully real conversation that, that should be had at this particular moment. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, one of, I think two things are really happening right now. I do think there's a small part of him that is saying, like, man, my, I, my foot's messed up. I'm 38 years old. It was a really tiring playoffs. You know there's how frustrating it is, too, for him? him? I, and sorry to cut you off. Do, do we need how, to ask him? You know do, how fr- do we need to ask him if it yeah, was frustrating? Yeah, but you know how frustrating this has to be for him? You've been trying to hand the, the keys off to the, to the number one, the A seat, to, to AD for an extended period of time, and I thought in a lot of ways his playoff performance this year, AD, NBA 75 member, supposed first ballot Hall of Famer, I thought it was shameful at times. 
One game on, one game off, one game on, one game off. He couldn't put it together. The consistency was nasty. It just wasn't there. And LeBron had to pick up the pieces at age 38, and he's getting blamed for a lot of the things that are happening. In game two, what did he have, 22 points and 10 assists, and everybody was blaming him for the performance when AD went four for 15. I can see where the frustration comes in as he is on the back end of his career. He's almost done, and yet he still gets the same treatment he's always gotten. Absolutely. So that's why I do think that a small part of him is really thinking about retirement. I ultimately don't think he will. I think mostly this is changing the narrative or controlling the narrative in a way. And secondly, I think that it's going to put he's trying to put pressure on the Lakers, in my opinion, to make a big deal. I think he's I'm not sure if it's for Kyrie, if it's for somebody out there, but it feels like to me he's leveraging his possible retirement for a big move to happen for the Lakers because he doesn't want to have to go through this again. He had, I mean, they he basically had to carry this team from the play-in to the Western Conference Finals with AD every other game. And I understand that people have been like, well, AD was amazing on defense. He was. He was arguably the best defensive player in the playoffs. Great. Make a shot. <laughs> when D'Angelo Russell stunk the way he did, when you couldn't get anything of, of substance out of Dennis Schroeder. Um, yeah, he disappeared. Yeah, I mean, like, you had to, if you're Anthony Davis, be what you were in the bubble in 2020 and be dominant every single game, and he couldn't do that. It just was not in the bag for him. And Jokic kind of ate him up. Yes. He did. Well, I Jokic mean, shot like 53% granted, like, I, when AD I don't, was I, on I, I don't want to smack down AD Foley for that. Jokic eats up everybody. But at the same time, offensively, if you can at least try to match what Jokic is doing, right. you would have given your team an opportunity. Exactly. And that's the problem we run into with AD is offensively, he just kind of, the, the lulls, the ups and downs you have with him game to game, quarter to quarter. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Order. It does not facilitate winning basketball in a Western Conference Finals, and you saw that firsthand. Um, now, my <laughs> unfortunately, my first thought, because you've heard the discussions about LeBron James and sort of the last dance documentary thing that's going on. He's getting recorded just about everywhere he goes through this season and through the playoffs. My first thought when I, when I saw Chris Haynes drop the report is episode six and seven. Incredible. Of, of, his, of his docuseries are going to be awesome. They're going to be beautiful. They're going to cut straight to like a gym. He's going to be in the dark. He's going to go off the grid for a while, and then he'll come back. Now, uh, uh, people are talking about there's, – there's an interesting discussion about him potentially retiring for a year and then you know getting his foot back right and coming back and he could sort of void out of the contract he has with the Lakers uh, because there's only one year before, I guess he has a player option um, two years from now. That'd be an interesting, that'd be an interesting uh, way to go about it, in my opinion. I, I, I don't know if I can get behind that. I think LeBron James is still going to be around going into next year. I think he'll be a Laker. Um, but I can see where right now the wounds are so fresh and so open where he's really trying to put this out 
for for damage control, if you will, for for people to have something to think about. He does this. I mean, yes. after a lot of series, we find out about some storyline with LeBron or some injury that he has. It's it's no surprise. I think everybody saw that this was coming. He was painting. I told you last night. I sent you a text. I was like, LeBron is writing a story right now. He is basically being like, y'all remember that I could still do this. It's not my fault that we're losing this game. And by the way, my foot's hurt. We knew this was coming. All of this was expected. The retirement talk, I think, is a little bit of a surprise. But at the same time, it really seems like nobody is actually buying that he is seriously considering retiring. The one-year thing, I think, is interesting. But if he was going to do that, why not just say I'm out for this season and still be on the Lakers? Because he has historically opted out of the player option so that he he could be a free agent. Yeah, and get more money like like any smart player. Big brain, big brain. Okay, let's go Let's say he does retire. Lakers don't have to pay him for next season. They could use that money to go get somebody. Then he comes back for the Lakers for a cheaper price. Now that could be a possibility, but at that point, Bronny might be in the league. But see, at that like, here's the thing: if I just like big brain, big brain, probably not. Again, like not even necessarily big brain on this. If you read context clues, he and I know he has recently said it's up to Bronny about if if he wants to play alongside LeBron long term or whatever. Like as he gets into the league, and there's still questions about LeBron or or Bronny being a one and done. And certainly, if LeBron steps away from the game, I I don't know if the one and done thing, one and done path hits the same because you want LeBron to be alongside Bronny, and this could affect Bronny going into uh, two years from now into the NBA draft. Um, But if you just read the context clues about what he has said about wanting to play alongside Bronny for all these years. And, and, and the fact that it's LeBron James. When we talk about legendary figures in any sport, it feels like there's always that farewell we need to have. Right. There's always been that hint before ultimately it happens. Uh, Tom Brady retired, came out of retirement, and then you knew, okay, after that year, maybe, maybe we're looking at an actual retirement, and ultimately it happened. Um, I think this is the hint before LeBron gets done in a year or two. Like, that's that's ultimately how I'm taking this. Other people will take it farther. They might say he'll be done. I looked at uh, this. This is actually via points bet. It's only available in Illinois, believe it or not. Um, but it's about LeBron James' next team. And these are the odds right now. Lakers minus 700. So if, if, the, if the betting market tells you anything, they think that he'll play next year for the Lakers. Uh, then no team or retire is plus 500. Then Cavs plus 1,200. Warriors plus 1,500. Knicks plus 1,500. Heat plus 1,500. He's never going to the Knicks. He I has said he will never go to the Knicks if James Dolan is there. I mean, I feel like the LeBron farewell tour, like ultimately where he would retire, I think the Cavs would make the most sense if he's not right. in L.A. Agreed. But I, I think overwhelmingly L.A. next year, I, 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 I don't – I'm not going to put – too much thought into it until we have more information on what LeBron is actually thinking throughout this process, and that's going to be the long haul of the offseason. But it's it's so bizarre to see how this has completely buried the NBA playoffs, the finals as a whole, the Eastern Conference finals, the Nuggets moving on to the NBA finals for the first time in franchise history. Just shows you, man, the, the, the larger-than-life personality who LeBron is. It's insane. It's insane. And all of that is a reason why I don't think he's going to retire. (laughs) Because like you said, one, I don't think he's going to jeopardize Bronny's NBA stuff. That would seem like an odd move to make when it has become pretty clear that NBA executives understand what that deal is going to be and that it is kind of attractive to them. I don't think he's going to jeopardize that. And let's be honest, behind closed doors, that story, that storyline, right? LeBron and Bronny next to each other. Adam Silver is just sitting at there the 
begging, yes. praying every night that that happens. He's praying. It's must-watch TV if that happens. Just look at it from LeBron's side. Are you telling me he doesn't want the last episode of this documentary to be him and Bronny playing together? Of Are we course crazy? he does. Of oh, course he does. He made a movie about it. Of course he called does. Called Space Jam 2. That didn't work out, so he's going to try it again, now, like, but realize. Ultimately, I, I, LeBron can retire right now, and damn, who cares? Like his, his, It's stamped. It's legendary. It's, right. it's written. It's fine. But I just feel like there's still a lot riding on the rest of LeBron's career. And I think there's also always been in the back of my mind, like, the NBA without LeBron James. The NBA without LeBron James. That is such a – like, over the long haul, we're talking about a 20-year career going on potentially year 21. I've never thought about that. Like, that is, like that's not something that I think even casual NBA fans have thought about throughout the entirety of LeBron's career, a NBA without LeBron James. It's odd. I mean – most of my life, very few NBA memories for me are pre-LeBron. Like, I, there's one Lakers game that I remember going to when Lakers, Shaq uh, and Kobe played the Grizzlies at the Pyramid. I remember that game. Other than that, though, it kind of starts with LeBron is kind of where my NBA memory begins. I mean, I was... My first NBA game. I was nine when he came into the league. My first NBA game, I was at United Center watching Kirk Heinrich... Uh, ben Gordon, oh those Bulls take Legends. on rookie year LeBron James. That oh, really? was my first NBA game nice. ever. Like I, that's where like my NBA clock almost starts, and I know that may age me in the in a, in a young way, but at the same time, like I, I think there's a lot of people out there. You just look at the long haul of his career, the longevity. It's like it's so hard to think about an NBA and the discussions around the NBA without LeBron James. If he does something, it leads the news cycle. Right? What are they, what, what's going to be talked about? It, when Le, I mean, obviously, I think LeBron will be everywhere once he retires. He'll be doing this, doing that, business ventures all over the place, movies, you know, music. He's he's delved into all that. Um, so I still think he'll he'll be a part, um, no matter what. But it's mostly been about him playing, him being a player, and what's next for him for his legacy. How's he going to build it up? Is he going to win a championship? Can the Lakers get through? Can the Cavs get through? Without those storylines, we do lose a lot from, I mean, from a national perspective of the daily discussion about the NBA. I mean, just as a LeBron fan, I don't want him to retire. It just doesn't feel like the right time for him to do it. it, it you know, when you look back at the careers of a lot of guys, it, there's usually a moment where you're like, it's time. Like Melo, it felt like it was time. It really did. It does not feel like it's time for LeBron. We just watched him play score year, 31 Carmelo, points. Right? right. So. We just watched LeBron score 31 points in a half of a Western Conference playoff game. He's not done. <laughs> He's got so much. I mean, but like, even at the end of Michael Jordan's career, he could give you 20. He could give you 25, 30, 40. But you knew it was done. But yeah, but the, like the team success started to flail. But LeBron's coming off a Western Conference Finals appearance where in game four he had 40, 10, and 9. Like, you still, there's still a lot there. It's not what it once was. I also think it helps that the Lakers have an opportunity to be pretty damn good next year. They do. If you bring back the, you bring back Reeves, bring back Rui, shore up isn't the, the, isn't the, the edges. This, isn't it, it? It always cracks me up. Even when the Lakers are not particularly great, they still just run the news cycle in the NBA. Of like, course they do. They get knocked out of the playoffs. It's about LeBron. Next week it'll be like it'll be about Kyrie. And and will there be you? Oh, that's coming will, soon. Will, yeah, will he ready. be in a Lakers uniform next year? Get ready. Like all this stuff, it just. Did you see what Cowherd said today? What did he say? Oh my gosh, are you oh, ready no. for this? Uh, not are you really, not particularly. But go ahead. 
He said <laughs> that the Mavericks are going to go after Anthony Davis. Yeah, I've heard. I, yeah, I saw. I, I think I saw a, a little hint at that. Come on, <laughs> I'm not buying any of that. Give me a break. Uh, Cowherd. Yeah. A.K.A. Mankin. He looks just like him. <laughs> looks just like him. From Succession. Yeah. Now, uh, I, I, I'm going to bring this up. We're going to be talking about LeBron all day once Jeff joins, once Christian joins. But let's transition away for a moment because we do have more NBA playoffs to discuss, if you didn't know. We do have Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals, Celtics versus Heat. And uh, the Celtics are trying to talk big and bad. Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart said, don't let us get one. Can they get one tonight? We'll discuss on the other side. Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Feel is their appointed duty. They keep trying to tell me All you want to do is use me A couple of things before we move on to the Eastern Conference Finals Game 4, potential closeout opportunity for the Heat at home. They are one-point favorites over the Celtics. Um, on the Lakers front, Rob Palenka was discussing some things today with the uh, press, and he said, Our intentions are to keep our core of young guys together. Do we buy that? If there's a Kyrie trade out there for him, that doesn't seem like it It would keep a, a Rui around. It wouldn't keep a D'Angelo Russell around. It wouldn't keep a Austin Reeves around necessarily. I know they want to do everything they can. He's a restricted free agent. He'll probably have other suitors. I don't know if that facilitates keeping Jared Vanderbilt around. And I have seen Rob Palenka for the right move, for the right piece, Anthony Davis in particular, I've seen him move off of a lot of young guys to facilitate that happening. I took that comment as we are going to try to bring back Austin Reeves and Rui. That's what I took it as. <laughs> it's not I, I mean, it's not the core of you. I mean, I guess that's two well, guys. When you look at the team, though, I mean, they are technically the young guys, 25 years old, 24 years old. Everybody else is 25 or old. Like Jared Van- Vanderbilt's 24, but was he great? I mean, I guess that they can, you know, try to make sure he's still on the team next season. But, yeah, I took it as right now we're going to try to bring them back. But if something comes up, we will try to, you know, they're, they're going to do what they do. Yeah. Now, also, uh, this is more on the Grizzlies front. And per our good friend who covers Stephen Adams' stats, Funaki stats on Twitter, um, it was about the Nuggets versus the Lakers and their offensive rating and the Grizzlies' offensive rating versus the Lakers. Nuggets' offensive rating in those four games versus the Lakers, 122.3. Grizzlies' offensive rating was 102.8. And the point here to be made is as you get into the playoffs, half-court offense is everything. You have to make sure you move the ball well. You have uh, shot makers, shot creators, and you can operate on the, on the sort of half-court uh, on the offensive end. And the Grizzlies largely, um, through this iteration and what they've been able to do, they've been great in transition. Uh, they, they've created some fast-break points, but they have struggled on that end in a lot of ways. They can get stagnant. Uh, they, they sort of run the same things when it comes to giving uh, John Moran a high ball screen and trying to go let him cook. Point here to be made is I think as much as you will miss the defensive presence that Dylan Brooks provides, and you want to try to replace that and keep some type of offensive efficiency about it, I think the offense is what you need to attack a whole lot more 
from a from a Grizzly standpoint. Yeah, you want to have a guy who can at least be serviceable on the defensive end, but offensively, you need to try to break into a a, a new iteration uh, as an offensive basketball team. You have to find a way to get that half court offense good, spread out, space the floor in a good way. And we talked about it as that series wore on against the Lakers. Luke Kennard was a massive part of that. Why the half-court offense got better down the stretch of the season for the Grizzlies. You need to find somebody serviceable in that way who can knock down shots and help you on the offensive end. And I think defense, yeah, it, it can be a, a slight priority, but it doesn't need to be the main, main priority. It needs to be offense. Absolutely. I totally agree with that statement. And speaking of Steven Adams, I do think that him coming back will be a big thing oh, of course. for that half-court. Without question. Yeah, for that half-court. So, no, I'm, I'm with you. Find someone who is better offensively, more efficient than Dylan Brooks, and that is serviceable on the defensive end. You don't need some— You don't need an all-NBA defensive guy. No, you don't need that. And I still—I'm going to beat this drum. Desmond Bain got a lot better defensively last year. He got a lot better, and he was doing it on a broken toe. So let's see what he can do this year. I really—and you also have the defensive player of the year cleaning up any mess that might get past the perimeter. So, yeah, I think that defense shouldn't be the priority— when they're looking for the wing replacement. It's yeah, definitely and, 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 and that's the other thing. And it's with, with the, 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 yeah, true. The Steven Adams, missing Steven Adams really did. Like, as much as before the injury, you didn't quite want to recognize the massive implications of Steven Adams in a half-court offense once he was gone, once he was no longer part of the fold. You saw it. You don't have a screen setter on the rest of the team that can do what Steven Adams does. And he's not a screen and roll guy. He's not going to help you uh, necessarily finishing around the rim. He's not a pocket pass guy that's going to receive it and go finish at the rim. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is not a good screen setter. Xavier Tillman does what he can, but he's not as big and as wide and as, as, as big of a force as Steven Adams. Uh, Steven Adams being back healthy is massive to this. But again, I think when you look for a replacement for Dylan Brooks, I know we want to think about an OG Ananobi who can replace that all-defensive upside, but I don't think that's necessary, right? I don't think that is a full—that's uh, not a necessity with what they need to do with that three-spot. You need to find a guy who offensively is an inc- inclined and can be efficient and can create his own shot, and I think you'll have some options there. But again, the competition to go find a guy like that will continue to be there. All, guys like that on the wing are wanted throughout the NBA. So— uh, it's just going to be a wait-and-see thing. But I, I do think when we talk about the Grizzlies and what they need to improve, even more so than, than defense, they were top three in defensive rating in the NBA this year. They have Jaron Jackson Jr. Desmond Bain's a plus defender. You need to find a guy on, on offense that fits a, a substantial amount better than Dylan Brooks did at the end. Absolutely, because at the end of the season, you lost your two best screen setters. You lost Brandon Clark, and you lost... Steven Adams. And that's why I think we saw a decline in Tyus Jones's game because I think those two guys were very important to what he does, getting those open floaters in the lane. But no, you're 100% right. That's why, you know, I tweeted it out today. I don't really understand the Jalen Brown for Desmond Bain thing because I'm like, does that make the Grizzlies better? Especially after what we've seen in the creation this playoffs and the non- with Jalen Brown. And not turning the ball over with Bain Desmond Bain. Yes. Bain can <laughs> yeah, dribble. It's pretty simple. He can run your offense when you need him to. Yeah. I don't think Jalen Brown can do that. To this point in the series, Jalen Brown, 11 assists to 10 turnovers. At the same time, the guy that you're looking for on that wing position, he needs to come in and understand that he's going to be the third or fourth option on every single night. He's not going to be the number one. He's not going to be the number two. At best, he'll be the third best option on a night. You have to find somebody that's okay with that role. Is OJ going to be okay with that? He wants to leave Toronto because he thinks that his role isn't big enough. 
Mm-hmm. So do you want to deal with that again? And as much as I like OG's offensive game, and I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, let me For get, sure. Let me get yeah, out, ahead, out ahead of that. As much as I like his offensive game, he's not hes not much of a creator off the bounce. That's no. not his game. He's, he's, a, he's a 3 and D wing. That's what he does best. Um, and, and, and to add that to his bag, to potentially be that guy, yeah, he can space the floor, and I think that automatically helps the Grizzlies on the offensive end. But he's not a guy who's going to give you a whole lot of creation in that role. Look at the Heat and look at the Nuggets, the two most successful teams so far in the playoffs. They have these wing guys who aren't amazing offensively and they're not amazing defensively, but they're really good at doing both. That's mm. what you're looking for. You're looking for a really good wing guy. The Bruce guy. Browns, the, the Bruce Caleb Browns, Martins. The KCPs. The, right. That's what the— Dorian Finney-Smiths of the world. You're looking for that. Like, it doesn't have to be a Mikhail Bridges. It doesn't have to be an OG. It can be a Bruce Brown. It can be a DFS. It can be a KCP, and that can get you to the promised land. Like we talked about, it's marginal improvement. And, and that's the thing about the Nuggets is we I, I've been beating this drum, too. Like, they, they have tr- they've gone trial and error, trial and error. They've been trying to find different guys to fill those roles. They finally have those guys in Bruce Brown and KCP. And before the season, I don't think anyone thought – Okay, maybe there were some that thought that it would be a, a marginal difference, but I don't think anyone thought it was going to be the difference that got them into the NBA Finals for the first time. But look where we're at. A sweep in the Western Conference Finals. It, it, it's not as complicated as we make it, and it's not as star-driven as we make it when it comes down to finding a replacement for Dylan Brooks. The, the McCall Bridges, the, the Cam Johnsons, the... The uh, OG Ananobis, that's more what I'm talking about with the sort of star-driven, reach-high possibilities. But there's other possibilities out there that that the Grizzlies could sort of kick the tires on and and see how it works. And it it could be more cost-efficient. It really could be. I also don't think the Grizzlies are far away. That's another thing that you can take lessons from a team like the Nuggets. Like, they're not far away. They got ravaged by injuries at the end of the season, and there are a lot of off-court things. There was a lot of stuff going on for the Grizzlies. And they still made made it, you know, they still had a competitive first-round series. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us know that they had the talent to go further. So don't do anything, you don't need to do anything drastic. You're just trying to find the right pieces to fit. That's why I'm confident in that this offseason, the front office is going to do something. Now, 7.30 tonight on TNT Eastern Conference Finals Game 4. If it gets done, if the, if the Heat figure this thing out and sweep the Celtics, we're looking at an eight-day layoff, I've already mentioned. I think we need to... Talk about that. Maybe do some flex scheduling. I mean, and, and we're talking about the NFL. The NFL just had a twenty-four to eight vote on Thursday night football about flex scheduling. I think a little different conversation, but we need to we need to figure out how to not have that layoff for eight days. But regardless, tonight Celtics try to stave off elimination. They are one point dogs against the Heat, and so far today, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown have been in front of the media, been in front of the press, and they have both said, "Don't let us win one. Don't let us win one." I guess my only problem there um, with them talking like that, this is not the time to talk tough. I watched game three. I watched this entire series. The soul of the Celtics team seems to be gone. (laughs) It's a corpse out there, especially as you get into those crunch time moments. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are not the leaders in field goals in the fourth quarter. That's Peyton Pritchard and Grant Williams. I, I, I have seen what I need to see. When it comes to the Celtics team, there is a lot of different things that I need to see from them to to sort of prove to me that they're not absolutely cooked when it comes to this series. And they haven't shown it to me. Talking to the media and telling them that, oh, well, 
the Heat, we win one. Who knows? We could, we could string together four to get. No, I don't want to hear that right now. Do it on the floor. You have yet to do it on the floor. The Heat have absolutely, with those role players, K, uh, Gabe Vincent, 17 points per game. Caleb Martin, 19 points per game in this series. On 63% their, shooting. Their Nuts. role players have stepped up while the Celtic stars have floundered. And until that dynamic changes, I cannot talk about the Celtics in a positive light. And they're down 3-0. You know how many people have come down or have come back from an 0-3 deficit? Do you know, Connor? It's zero. I think so. It's yeah, zero. I was about to be like, I think it's so. zero. <laughs> so what? I mean, you can do all this talking and say, don't let us win one, but that means nothing to me. It means nothing to me right now. Now, I do think there's an interesting conversation to be had. We've talked about Joe Missoula and the potential for him to get fired if this series does not go the right way and he doesn't win any and he gets swept by the Heat, an eight seed. And by the way, it, he, he can sort of join history here tonight if they, if they get through. They will be the second eight seed to ever make to the NBA Finals besides the Knicks in 98-99. Um, but Joe Mazzulla, what can save him? Like, I, 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 I don't necessarily think it's completely written. Uh, I do think if they get swept – the Celtics will think about cutting ties immediately, and they'll find somebody with more juice, more um, more experience than him. But let's say he strings together a couple of wins. Do, you, I, 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 do the Celtics do the Celtics go that direction? I don't necessarily think that will be the case. So, real quick, I want to reference the what they've been saying about don't let us win one. They are doing that because of the 2004 Boston Red Sox. That's what Kevin Millar was saying. He was saying, like, don't let us get one, don't let us get one, which you're not the 2004 Red Sox. It's just I just don't think it's going to happen. That team actually liked each other, (laughs) and I think that that matters. Um, They played as a team. So that I understand why they're trying to do that, but I'm not – I'm just – I just don't think that they have the juice to get it done. No. I just just really don't. And I I thought that one of the things – Right now, I just don't buy it. Now, to Joe Mazzullo, he said today that faith is the most important thing. And it's like, I don't know, man, pick and roll defense might be the most important (laughs) thing for you. Like, maybe figure that out. Adjustments, calling timeouts, those things are important too. So I I was listening to, you know, Boston people talk about this series and and they're freaking out about it. It's been extremely entertaining to listen to their shows. But one of them floated the idea of what if you just hired, like, a bud as an assistant and you kept Joe Mazzullo? And you just kind of like let him cosplay as the head coach while you had Bud there, and just see what happens. Like, see if he figures it out. See if he learns how to coach well, only, with like a real bench okay. coach there. I, I understand having the experience. What I would say is, when have we seen that dynamic work? I, that, that, I'm not saying that it's Wait, a good. Right, I'm just saying right, that might when, be where they go. Yeah. Okay. And they did extend him in the middle of the season, so it's really right. hard to move That's, off a right. guy that that you extended in the middle of the season. But it's pretty damn clear that they have not responded well. Like the, Joe Mazzulla is the guy that's following the guy. They love Ime Udoka. Yes. Jason Tatum has talked about absolutely being basically best friends with Ime Udoka throughout the process, even though Ime Udoka held those guys accountable as young players. But Joe Mazzulla is the guy following that guy, and I don't know if the respect is there. And if you don't have respect with those young players, the players – those superstars, those all-NBA talents are going to, in the end of the day, force the hand of a front office in these situations. And I don't, I, I, I don't necessarily know how that, that would work out long-term if you brought in Bud and Bud was really the head coach and he was an assistant, he had the assistant label. You could have some strife, Joe Mazzulla protecting himself, 
You're hearing two different messages within the locker room. I don't know if that's the type of dynamic that would serve the Celtics in their current form right. It's just because the biggest difference from last season to this season with the Boston Celtics, one, they added Malcolm Brogdon, so they, the talent is better. They lost Will Hardy and they lost Damon Stoudemire. Yep. They lost their two best assistant coaches, and they handed the keys to a 34-year-old who the job ended up being a little bit too big for him. I feel kind of bad for Joe Mazzulla because he is going up against Eric Spoltra, who you could argue right now is the best coach in the NBA. You could also say Pop. I get it because of history. But Spoltra, night to night, dude brings it. And going up against Joe Mazzulla, it's just not fair. It's like LeBron playing a junior varsity guy. It's just he's not ready for the moment. So I just think I feel like people have made have not made enough of a big deal about how big Will Hardy and Damon Stoudemire not being on that staff is. It's a huge, huge deal because, like you said, the players need somebody that they respect, and I don't know if they do that with Joe Mazzulla. He keeps talking about how I haven't got my guys ready, and as a head well, coach it, in the conference finals, it, you just can't say and to that. Be honest that can't with be you, an excuse. To be honest with you, he didn't have that tone until game three. He feels like he a, didn't a, have that tone until last game. Right. Most of the tone that he has given throughout these playoffs when they lose games is, you know, I feel disrespected. We had a good plan. I had a good plan for these guys. We just didn't execute. And he's sort of putting it on the plate of the players in a lot of ways. Um, and, and Ime Udoka could get away with that, but I haven't heard the tone from Joe Mazzulla that it's on him until game three went the way it did, and they got blown out, and it was terrible. It feels very chaotic right now. It's Of course, and, and that's where you, you wonder about, uh, does chaos breed change? Right. And ultimately, it does in the NBA in a lot of ways, but we'll have to see with that. I also think another sort of minor discussion that needs to be had is, I think, as you get into championship windows in the NBA, 26, 27, 28-year-olds usually get it done. You need your licks, you need your lumps, and you need to learn how to manage playoff success, playoff failure. And I don't know, and I, I, I know I, I, I hate the cop-out of, well, Jason Tatum's 24 and J- Jalen Brown's 26. They're still young. They have chances. But at the same time, I think history shows us that if you're 24 years old or younger, 26 years old or younger, it's really hard to get through and break through and win an NBA Finals and consistently get back to the promised land. LeBron James could do it. D. Wade could do it. But we're talking about legends. They're absolute legends. It's another example of, of trying to get some scar tissue built up and finally get to where you want to go. And I, I just don't know if the Celtics are quite there yet. 100% agree with that. It's the biggest reason why I do not understand the breakup Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown thing. It makes yep. no sense in the world, especially when you look at what the and, East could be next season. And that's why I think with the Grizzlies, Grace needs to be granted, yes. of course, too. You have two 23-year-olds and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Ja Morant Jason, leading the way. Tatum and Brown are almost a victim of their own early success. It's, it's like the bar has been raised a little bit too much for them. Because when you really look at it, they're still kind of ahead of schedule. They are. They put a lot of pieces around them. They should be getting it done this year. They should be. No question. It also doesn't mean it's over after this year, y'all. Yep. Go find a coach. Go find a coach. Go find a big who can stay healthy. You're going to be fine. Yep. Yep. Now, um, Jeff Calkins. We'll talk about this. We'll also talk about LeBron. Is LeBron going to step away after this year? I know I, know I don't think so. But we'll see what Jeff thinks. That's on the other side, 92.9 FM ESPN.